You're listening to the FMC podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Okay. Hello and welcome to the FMC podcast. My name is Matthew Spazelli, and I'm Jonathan Keel. And uh, we're happy to have you back with us. Um, we'll start uh, as we always do with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we we thank you for this day, for this uh, morning. We ask you to be with us in our conversation here. Yes, sir. Um, we want to be like you, Lord. We want to be inspired by your Holy Spirit to um, to be Christ to each other and um, to imitate you, Lord. And we seek to do that in the way that we forgive um, and we just ask you to help us, Lord. Praise you. Thank in you. the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, the idea for this episode of the podcast was to do a kind of mailbag thing or a uh, um, sort of a call-in. Now, there aren't any live listeners, so that would... Besides we, we, me. Before, <laughs> besides Jonathan. And it could have made it uh, we could have uh, faked it somehow I guess and put some people in, in the room with us but what we did actually was we sent out an email to all of our missionaries and um, asked them to give us some questions say you know what do you want to hear about um, and the response was overwhelming. We received so many um, letters and emails and um, telegrams, telegrams, carrier pigeon. Uh, you know, uh, different depending on where they were coming from uh, in our various posts. They have different methods of delivery for these sorts of things and. Um, we just had we've been sort the reason you know we haven't been uh podcasting maybe as regularly as you're you've expected from us is we've just been sorting through all of these letters and we finally narrowed it down to the best one and no joke it it came from jonathan's wife teresa um it is a it is actually a joke that we had a lot of response. Um, I think we had actually just two questions. I think was one of them a joke? No, one of them came late, and we'll be talking about that on the <laughs> oh, next right. episode. Yeah, yeah. One, okay, <clears throat> one of them was not under the deadline, so um, we're going to use the one that Teresa Keel asked, and it happens to be a fantastic question. She was wondering if God's forgiveness is conditional upon our repentance, then should our forgiveness also be conditional upon someone else's forgiveness? <clears throat> and on the face of it, it seems like a... I think it seemed to both Jonathan and I as a, a maybe a simple question at first, like, well... uh yeah, I, I, we should, or no, we should just forgive. Um, but 
it, as we researched it and thought about what these words actually mean, it became um, a more interesting and a much more complex question. And there isn't entirely a consensus in the Catholic world um, on this question. And I think uh, you'll see as we go along why why that is. Um, but I guess one of the first things that we wanted to do um, was, I guess, define this word that we're talking about, forgive. Um, Jonathan, you want to take it on? <clears throat> yeah, I think... Um, or or ex- and express any preliminary yeah, well, thoughts you had. Well, I mean, we're, we will... It's certainly... When I started researching this and finding out that there were a number of um, Catholic... Um, I would say mainly scripture-based uh, um, arguments um, that seem to say that, you know, God doesn't forgive uh, unless we repent, and therefore we're not called to forgive more than God forgives. And um, so we, we wanted to really kind of uh, weigh that that argument, and um, I thought one of the first things we both kind of came upon was the necessity to define forgiveness. And so when you look at a dictionary and you look up forgiveness, there are two main definitions we've um, we've come down to. One of them is forgiving a debt or um, letting go of a debt. Uh, and so this is one idea of somebody owing you something and you forgive them, um, you let go of a debt. And then the other one was letting go of anger and resentment and other types of negative feelings that are attached to a wrong that somebody uh, did to you. And so one definition seems to have a very psychological element to it, uh, whereas the other one could even be just uh, something um, in a business transaction, right, right, that your mortgage has been forgiven that may not involve any type of psychological element or um, have any type of emotional content to it. Yeah, and so I think because of those two definitions discussing this becomes really um, complicated and confusing because most of a, most of us um, and most of the discussions and things that we read um, people didn't define their terms so we, uh, we have an article that um, from a priest uh, who I guess does a question and answer column for the Catholic Herald and He's got like five or six questions that he's he's answering, um, and they're kind of all talking about a different, you know, I don't know, using this f- word forgive in these slightly different terms, and um, so it's that confusion makes the discussion sort of difficult. Um, yeah, I think it's. Um you know, one of the important things, as I was reading a number of different articles, um, was coming to grips with the question of 
is what we do when we forgive what God does. And I think one way maybe to begin this question, when we look at God's forgiveness, the first part of this question to, is maybe to just uh, explore that, um, the idea of God's forgiveness. Because I think that, um, you know, when we look at the divine persons, uh, first off, um, it starts to get really complicated when we think of, for example, God forgiving sin. Um, the way that it usually is portrayed um, in some of the arguments was that, well, God doesn't forgive sin unless we ask for forgiveness. And that's not actually entirely true. Um, we think of the Catholic distinction between a venial and a mortal sin. Um, certainly, someone who sins venally, um, we would say it damages our love, but um, we still are in relationship with God. It's not as though he's withholding himself uh, until we um, ask forgiveness for those venial sins. Um, so usually, when these in these contexts of saying that God doesn't forgive someone who's not repentant, it's in the context of mortal sin and divine judgment and I think that's it's important to kind of point that out that we certainly are never in a position of judgment over somebody else uh, and that's something that we're that's commanded of us judge not lest you be judged condemn not lest you be condemned um, and so on one hand we're never in the position of judging someone's actions and and we're even i think of the passage from first samuel um when david is anointed you know the prophet samuel god says to him you know he he's thinking all it's all of david's different brothers that pass and god says you know i haven't chosen them and he says you judge from appearances i judge from what's inside and that's something very similar we can only judge by appearances we're not capable of seeing the inside of someone Whereas God, everything is very clear to him. And um, so on the one hand, you have this idea of judging versus forgiving. God is sitting in judgment. Um, Which, yeah, I mean, in that, that style is really the release of a debt. Mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. that final judgment goes more to that definition of forgiveness. So forgiving the wages of sin in a sense um, mm-hmm. and so if sin uh, if, if this mortal sin separates you from God but God um, but you you know then your uh, your repentance can um, combine with God's grace bridge that gap then we would say, you know, the debt is forgiven and you're you're let into heaven. Um, but it's, and and as you said, we are never in that exact position where we um, would be able to forgive the eternal consequences of someone's sin. Um, and I think that's in that situation it doesn't matter or, or that an equation between us and God in that in the forgiveness of the debt 
situation, I think, is not what we're morally required to do. I yeah. Th- you know, I think the, the, I mean, I don't know, I guess I'm sort of jumping ahead here, but it, w- one of the conclusions that I came to was like, was that um, we, we could say, if someone, if let's say someone stole a hundred dollars from me, um, it's, the, the law of forgiveness, Jesus telling us, you know, forgive others and you will be forgiven. You know, that, that balance. Um, that doesn't, I don't think that that comes into play in the situation of releasing someone from a debt. So if this, if I had the power to say, you know what, you stole a hundred dollars from me, you don't have to pay it back. I don't care. I don't. I think that that the idea of forgiveness um, that we're called to doesn't require us to say that. Doesn't say require us to um, to tell a person, "Well, don't pay me back. You stole a hundred dollars. Uh, I don't. I don't care." Or, or even, "You owe me a hundred dollars for something, and I'm just going to let it go." But it neither does it preclude us from doing that. You know, we could. I think we just we have this uh, some latitude in that. Whereas holding on to resentment because of this person stealing money from me, that's something that we can let go of, and that we. I think that Jesus is telling us you have you're going to your soul will be destroyed. It's a it's a sin that will crush you unless you let go of it. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. I, and even it's funny like even as I'm saying all of that, I feel myself like moving back and forth between the the definitions in my head, and it, it kind of gets twisted. But I'm hope hopefully that's a little clear. Well, I think again, like going back to. When we look at divine versus human forgiveness, we'll see we see some differences. Um, one of those differences is, you know, according to the Catechism on the section talking about reconciliation and the sacrament of penance, it says straightforward that only God can forgive sin. Uh, I think of Psalm fifty-one, where it's David says, "Against you alone I have sinned." Um, and done what is evil in your sight. So, what we do is not forgive sin. Right. And I think, so that's the thing, is as far as this kind of objective moral debt that mm-hmm. is owed to God as a, a fault in love and a fault in living out His master plan of love, that's something that doesn't, that's not, we're not, we're not relating to that when we forgive. Okay, and in fact, we can't truly, and this is where it gets tricky, we can never truly know somebody's um, guilt. Even when somebody seems to do something that's obviously wrong to us, we truly are ignorant of every aspect of what they do. And, and someone may be 
what we call invincibly ignorant, for example. Um, and this is the idea that they do something that is a grave evil. It doesn't even have to be grave, but let's just use it as a grave evil, but not realize it's a grave evil. So, for example, I may be um, trying to um, protect... Uh, well, let's just give you a, a quick and easy example from my own life. Uh, it was once in Chicago. I got on a bus and a woman got on the bus uh, with a child and she ran over and was sat down. She looked frightened. And uh, within moments, this man got on the bus. He was a huge man. And he said, he yelled out, give me my child. And um, the woman started screaming back, you know, like she's staying with me. And he runs over and he grabs the kid and he's got his the kid's legs and she's got his like um, armpits and head. And everyone's frightened, you know, it was really loud. There was no bus driver on the bus. We were waiting in the downtown Chicago uh, Greyhound station. And so I got up and I went over and I said, I, I knew this man must, you know, I was thoroughly convinced he was in the wrong. And I said, you know, put the child down. And he turned around and looked at me and I realized he could kill me any moment, which is hitting me. So I just turned around and wedged myself between two of the seats and started praying and um, waiting to be knocked out, really. Um, and soon the police arrived. They took everyone off the bus. Comes to find out the woman took the kid, um, kidnapped him. We were all assured that, you know, he was going to be okay, that his, his father had gotten to him in time. But I was thoroughly convinced um, from every evidence that I saw that, um, that this man was doing something wrong. And... That is a common element in our lives that somebody does something to us and we're certain that they're in the wrong It's so obvious to us that they're in the wrong and yet we really aren't capable of knowing that and Some people that divide that Invincible ignorance even takes away their guilt before God So somebody could because of they were, were raised a certain way have a certain reaction towards the name of Jesus because of the people that in the name of Jesus maybe hurt them. And because of that, they are incapable of seeing Jesus. And God, when he judges, is able to see through all of that and able to judge correctly. We are only able to judge by appearances. And so that's why on a certain level, um, just even in, in judging what is sin, we are only judging outside behavior. So I would say on the first hand, divine forgiveness, divine judgment has perfect clarity, deals with sin and guilt. Whereas... And, and we're not involved in that. Right. And humans, um, what humans do is rather let go of inward injury we let go of resentment we let go of holding um something against another person one definition i heard of forgiveness by um, an author named johann christoph arnold who uh, just passed away this year he said the evil act forgiveness means the evil act no longer remains as a barrier to the relationship and I think that's, you know, that's a, a, a big difference between us and God. The evil acts that we do um, 
they don't cause inside of God something that makes him resent us. That's the, the, he he doesn't those he doesn't deal with feelings of resentment. God isn't technically hurt by our sin. God can't doesn't um, somehow isn't weakened or lessened by what we do. Those are things that we as finite beings experience. And the fact of the matter is, we oftentimes have to forgive our very selves. Something God would never. It's, a, it's not even plausible to think about. We have to come to grips oftentimes with forgiving ourselves. We have to come to grips with forgiving others, even those who do wrong to us uh, through no fault of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and we even have to come to grips at times with forgiving God for allowing things to happen in our lives that, um, that we wouldn't have wanted to happen. I know that when my son died, um, I had to struggle through all of those, forgiving myself, forgiving others, those who weren't able to save him, the young doctor, forgiving God for letting it happen. And it wasn't because any of those people were guilty. Mm-hmm. In fact, now in hindsight, I think they were all innocent, but I still had to forgive them. I still had to let go of um, hurt and resentment. And that's something, that's an aspect of human forgiveness that often isn't discussed in the the articles that I have read that would that try to say that we need to forgive only when someone repents because um, if we don't forgive that resentment that hurt that hatred can build up and destroy our very souls and that's unfathomable with God yeah uh, so I'm, I'm looking at this um, this article that I mentioned earlier uh, it's father Kenneth Doyle um, <clears throat> writing for the, or the it's the Arlington Catholic Herald um, and he apparently wrote a column previously um, that sparked a lot of people asking for clarification from him um, so I'm just going to read the first paragraph to kind of jump into a uh, a real or let's just show the other side of this Uh, the way someone discusses this. Um, So he says, In a recent column regarding forgiveness, I said this in part, quote, A parishioner happened to ask me after the Paris bombings how he could ever, quote, forgive ISIS. I told him that he didn't have to because forgiveness, in my mind, presumes remorse on the part of the perpetrator and a pledge of changed behavior both of which are notably lacking in the ISIS terrorists. I said that we should pray for those benighted individuals and leave judgment of them to God, while also remembering, of course, to pray especially for their victims. Um, And respectfully, I would say that that's um, a very confused statement that confuses these two um, these different ideas of forgiveness of God's judgment of our own judgment of our own internal uh, psychological posture towards another person and what they've done um, so much so that it makes it um, a mess really to even talk about but um, 
if a if someone is asking, so clearly we would say you know objectively, um, a terrorist bombing. The the person who kills other people, um, we would say okay objectively that's wrong. Now. We don't know what we don't know in any situation of sin, as you were mentioning, is the culp the level of culpability of the person who commits it um, eternally. You know, we don't know a person's soul, and we have to, as you know, we leave, as he says, leave judgment of them to God. So that I, I agree with him there, um, and but to say we don't have to forgive them and it's it's very interesting I, in one sense that's right we we don't have to forgive them because God has the judgment so in the sense of the forgiveness of sin eternally that is not up to us one way or the other it doesn't matter what we think how we feel it's gonna God is going to judge that person um, regardless of what we do so in that sense I, I would say I agree. We don't have to forgive. It's. A, I think if I would point this out to this priest, even though I don't, it's it's interesting because the people who wrote into him were. It looked like trying to point out this idea, but it, um, anyway, I think he would agree. Yeah, it's absurd to even talk about us forgiving in that way, in it taking the place of God and forgiving. Now, if we talk about. Um, the worldly, like uh, worldly or legal consequences for something that is done to us. Um, again, as I said, I think that's um, only a matter of prudence on our part. Um, or maybe um, <clears throat> if we, ha if there are other people in our care, or if we have responsibility as a politician or a leader. Um, for social order then to release everyone for every crime they commit um, you know there's an there's a ah, shoot even if they say they're sorry that we you would probably question the prudence of that but I, I and it may be immoral to just allow someone to run around free hurting other people when you can defend them but that's not the that's not the forgiveness um, that we're called to I think and it's not the even the that's not even the discussion and so when a person is saying can you know I'm assuming that even uh, yeah I mean this, this is probably not uh, a person whose family was actually killed in that attack, but even if they were, um, <clears throat> assuming that that person actually doesn't have any involvement in a legal case um, where a prosecutor might consider the victim's family's wishes about prosecuting, I mean, that, that's a legal... Uh, argument and that's really that's not what we're discussing so assuming that they're not even asking about that they're only asking if he says can I forgive ISIS um, to say 
you don't have to because forgiveness presumes remorse and blah 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 um, that you're not answering the question that they're asking do I have to f- do, the only intelligible question they could be asking is do I have to let go of my anger and yeah feel? I mean I think you could even say that question is do I have to love them Right. I right. mean, it, it really seems to yes. be at the root of it is, do I have to love them? And I think, I mean, there are a number of responses, you know, as, as you're speaking, Matt. Um, you know, one thing I think about is God always forgives. So I don't actually hold to the opinion that some do that God forgives when we repent. I don't believe that. I believe God always forgives. In fact, I believe the only sin God doesn't forgive is the sin against the Holy Spirit. And traditionally that's been understood as not receiving his forgiveness. So it's not that God doesn't give forgiveness, but what we sometimes confuse maybe is forgiveness versus reconciliation. And so, um, and that's gonna be, you know, it, that's going to be a, a different discussion where we may, um, someone may ask for forgiveness, will you forgive me? But they're not so much seeking forgiveness as reconciliation. Um, if you were to say, I'm sure, uh, yeah, I forgive you, but I hate you and I will do everything in my power to destroy you, but I forgive you, you know, that, that wouldn't, they probably wouldn't be very excited to hear about that. Um, what they're looking to hear, what they're hoping for is, again, I like that, that the evil act no longer remains as a barrier to the relationship. And I, I think that when we think of our Lord, nothing we do separates us from his love. I mean, Augustine goes as far as to say, you know, that God loves those in hell. You know, I think in a certain sense, like you can't, I don't believe that you can say that when somebody sins mortally that they are now not loved by God. I mean, that doesn't make sense. I think of the prodigal son and the prodigal son cut himself off. He took his inheritance. He runs off. Mm -hmm. He's not even given a chance, though, to plead forgiveness. As soon as the father who was looking for him sees him, he runs out to him and embraces him. And this is the model of divine forgiveness. So I think, when I think though of humans, again, there are a number of differences. Um, you know, first off, we never mentioned there are two spiritual works of mercy that deal with this. One's called that we are called to forgive all injuries willingly. Um, and this is one of the works of mercy and also to bear faults, to bear the faults of others. Um, so those both seem to um, preclude that we're going to um, rub each other wrong. There's going to be a need of forgiveness, and certainly they to they make no mention of right. The, but uh, even to think of something like imagine if a drunk driver, um, you know, ran over your mother and then struck a tree with his car, and they both died. Um, you certainly wouldn't. It certainly mm-hmm. wouldn't do you good to hold on to resentment towards him for the rest of your life somehow waiting for him to ask forgiveness but nevertheless you would have to forgive that person to truly live a human life yeah. and there are many stories of people who can't bring themselves to forgive 
and that will have no chance because the person has passed away or the person may just be ignorant that they even did anything but it's not hurting that person it's hurting the the one who was the victim who is eaten up with rage and with pain and with disappointment and all of those things that don't affect, again that's not an issue that's not a, a divine forgiveness issue these are yeah. things that human persons we have to work this out i mean furthermore god forgives once and it's it's done but many times we forgive and it becomes a daily struggle to continue to forgive it's not a one-time thing it's not something uh i forgive you um you know i think of um someone who's you know, uh, uh, think of someone who has um, violated another person's trust and may come to them and say, will you forgive me? And they say yes, but then they may wake up each day and feel resentment towards that person still and have to say, I forgive you. I forgive you. Like work through that. I know it's been an, an issue in my life. Mm-hmm. So, And I don't, again, that's something that's very different from God. And I think finally, you know, one thing that we can't throw out is the experience of Jesus because right. Jesus was God and was man. And so he's kind of a bridge between the two. And what we see in the life of Jesus is oftentimes, uh, in fact, there, I, I can't think of a time off the top of my head where someone comes to Jesus and asks for forgiveness but we can think of many times where people are forgiven and i think that that that's interesting i think of judas in the garden you know when judas arrives jesus knows judas is betraying him but he still embraces him he doesn't he doesn't um, condemn him. I think of, of course, the the, the um, on the cross hanging there. Father, forgive them. Jesus asked the Father to forgive them. There are many passages. Uh, I think of the four men or or the friends who bring and lower the paralytic through the roof. Jesus sees their faith and forgives the man. Um, multiple passages of people being forgiven by Jesus who through their faith. And so that the, it's it's far more complex when you right. begin dealing with forgiveness of sins um, than what I think a lot of these questions are talking about, which is really, do I need to love them? Do I need to think well of them? And the answer to that has always been in the Christian um, tradition, an affirmative. Yes, we have to think well of them. John Vianney said, even go as far as preserving, I just read this the other day in the UCAT, he said, um, that we are called to even preserve the good name of our enemies, which I thought that was really wow. crazy. Yeah, as you just said that, it made me it kind of it hit me what you said earlier, um, or understanding. You know, do we have to love them? Like that's maybe a way to cut through the misunderstanding in terms, or you know, do I have to forgive ISIS? Um, do all right as a Christian, would you say that you have to love them? Of course, that who you cannot love your enemy, uh, you know, 
love your enemy is 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 a law um the law of love cuts through all injuries and uh faults and states of repentance or unrepentance we're we're required to do that so i think you you mentioned one uh, earlier you know if uh, or in our one of our discussions prior to the podcast like if if what you call unforgiveness still means that you're going to love me um you know so i don't forgive like flip side of what you were just saying uh i don't forgive you but i'm gonna help you out whenever i can and love you and um uh, treat you just like anybody else then you say well fine don't forgive me i i don't i don't care <laughs> yeah you know? i think of you know we talked about this in an earlier podcast the mystagogy of mercy that pope francis laid out was the four ways we treat our enemies which is pray for them bless them um love them and do good to them mm. and so that's something we're called to do and if uh you know that forgiveness part of it really I think if you are loving your enemy the one who has hurt you if you are searching for ways to do good for them if you are praying for them not that God would condemn them and send them to hell um, but uh, praying for them that they would know God that they would and, and to bless them I think that gets kind of tricky like when you ask God to bless you what do you mean and then mean that towards your enemy. Um, that's more than most people do, even towards somebody they don't have <laughs> an issue with. Yeah. So it's kind of like, um, you know, again, what are we talking about here when we yeah. say, do I need to forgive them? Because usually the way it sounds is I don't have to love them quite as much, you know, like because they're no good son of a this. And... Um, if that's what is meant, you know, then the answer is very yeah. difficult, but it's clear, right? You know, the, executing it is one thing, um, but the answer is very clear. I think of First Peter four eight, which says, "Love covers a multitude of sins." You know, um, our love, the, the our love um, that we we love others because of God. You know, that's we love others because we love Jesus. And so I think, you know, as I think of the Our Father, sometimes it's presented as a punishment or a restriction, like, mm -hmm. as um, forgive us our trespasses or our debts as you forgive, as we forgive our trespasses or our debtors. Kind of like, I'm not going to forgive you, children, God saying, unless you forgive. And and that's that seems to fly in the face of other scriptures. Um, but I do think that as, as we forgive, we grow in our understanding of forgiveness. We grow in our ability to receive forgiveness and in our acknowledgement that we need forgiveness. And I, I think of, again, um, our experience of God's forgiveness deepens um, our in respect to our forgiving our, um, our own need as well. For, for example, for me... I had to come to grips to forgive myself for the weakness of um, allowing my son to die. And as I understood more deeply my weakness, I was able to have mercy on others' weakness. 
And so I really feel that um, there's more to this passage in the Our Father, um, forgive us as we forgive. Um, I don't simply think it means um, a ratio, like you forgive us as we forgive others. So in other words, if we struggle to forgive others and we fail now and again, then that's how you do it too. That, that's, that's not what we're talking about. I don't think that it's kind of a one-on-one -on -one ratio, but I do think it's a reminder to us of our need of forgiveness. And I think of like a glass that's half full of oil and half full of water and kind of, I feel as though each time we forgive, we let go of a little bit of that oil and some more water is able to pass through that and we experience God's forgiveness more. Someone who doesn't feel the need for forgiveness, uh, at least in the scriptures, is oftentimes somebody who has a hard time forgiving others as well. I think of the Pharisees. Um, I think of the the final parable. I mean, I'll just mention when the prostitute comes into the Pharisee's house and washes Jesus' feet. Mm -hmm. I think his name was Simon. And Jesus says, you know, Simon, come here. And he tells him this parable about two people being forgiven a debt. And one was like, you know, this was a, a huge amount. And the other one was like 50,000. The other one was like 500. Who, who will love greater? The one who is forgiven more. But it's not that God forgives one person more than another. We all owe, you know, a debt. It's simply that we're, when we're able to recognize the greatness of our debt, we're able to love more. And I think that's the thing, that oftentimes we as religious people, we get caught up in religiosity. We get caught up in, you know, our past is gone. We're no longer like that in that much need of God's forgiveness. We're kind of beyond that. We need to help others get forgiveness, mm -hmm. help others convert. And that, I think, is an error that often leads to a hard heart. Going back to the Our Father, and I don't even, uh, I've been trying to think of what I, how I would answer this question, but um, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. Um, how would you, f how would you fit that in, into the definitions that we're talking about like what what is it and I mean what does what is it saying well I think that um, what we're what, what happens within our minds is when someone does something wrong to us we do judge that to be right or wrong what they did right and but I think we're called to a disposition to forgiveness. And we're mm -hmm. called to, as the spiritual work of mercy says, forgive all injuries willingly. It should be something that comes easy to us. And when you look at some of the great leaders, I think of Martin Luther King, some of his writings on forgiveness, or even a non-Christian like Mahatma Gandhi, they have so much to teach us because for many of us, we have suffered so much less. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And yet we see these great proponents of forgiveness. Um, I think that on the level of experience, 
um, or or from the person forgiving, in both cases, we're letting go of a debt. God is getting letting. It's just what God is letting go of is actual sin, guilt, offense towards um, the divine plan and towards the universe. Really, I mean, our sins affect the entire makeup of the universe. Whereas, what we are forgiving is just what affects us and i think that's you know it's a we're we're forgiving as respect to our selves and so as we let go of um the ways people have offended us because when we sin we do offend god but it's just it doesn't have the level of you know, that then leads to God changing who he is and becoming this resentful old codger who's, you know, that's not how okay. sin, that's not how um, offense affects God, but that is how it affects many of us, is that, and so I think that, um, but, but I also believe that this is a very, like we had said at the beginning of this um, podcast, this isn't something that we're just going to solve right, right. here. Um, this is something that there's a there's a great depth to this, and that's why. But I really wanted to introduce it right. in a more profound way because often a lot of the articles I read they dealt with this on such a superficial level that really it didn't. It felt too easy. Yeah, you know, like here's your paragraph answer, um, and. It didn't seem to discuss all of the ramifications of forgiveness, the ramifications of not forgiving. That's actually, I never read in any of the articles that say we should, we don't have to forgive. They don't seem to discuss what happens to a person when they don't forgive. Yeah. Because time and time again, even in secular psychology, we see someone who doesn't forgive is destroyed internally someone who doesn't forgive it changes them it doesn't even matter if you're in the right that resentment that you feel is not of god yeah yeah i think it's a i know the yeah i think i know the way that i want to react is to be is to not be resentful I don't want to hold on to those things because I've seen how miserable they make me and then that call it leads to more sin you know if I'm miserable and angry then that's that's gonna feed on itself and cause more problems for me and others um, but as far as the proper theological understanding of of the Our Father, even that that relationship still doesn't entirely make sense to me. And or what are we what are we even asking God to do? I think um, it's it has certainly been explained to me before that we are asking God to forgive us in the same way um, that we forgive others and I don't I don't know if that's true um, given our discussion I think that's 
it's very hard to understand how we could be one how i mean maybe we can ask god that but how he would even go about doing that given his nature um and then uh, so maybe you could look you know i've always focused on that word as forgive us as we forgive does that mean in the same way or as as in while forgive us while we forgive which would be a i don't know kind of a it's a more blurry prayer, but maybe um, maybe could help us bridge this gap. Like we're just we're we're trying to be in a we want to be in the same state as God while He's well, forgiving. We want to be. I, I often I often wonder, you know, as I was. I mean, and it's I admit my. I've thought about this line or we're, we're preparing for this and it almost feels like in a way um, God's mercy you know can only penetrate our heart if we're disposed to receive it mm-hmm. and so that's the idea of this hard heart this heart that's kind of got walls around it that's built up a defense that it's only in being vulnerable that we're able to be wounded by God's love that we're a- if he's able to enter into us and so it's <clears throat> maybe a way to understand it would be that God's forgiveness when we say forgive us um, we certainly God I believe does forgive us even before we ask but when we say forgive us you might think of it as a way in saying allow your forgiveness to penetrate my heart as I rid it of the wounds towards others. So Mm -hmm. forgive me as I forgive others, being that the relationship is that as I let go of or as I take this rancor and this, this, um, again, kind of like this oil out of my, my heart, that then God's forgiveness is able to penetrate me even Mm -hmm. more and then as I hold on to, it's not that it's a punishment from God, but rather any more than I believe the curses were a punishment in Genesis. They were rather a result of the lack of love. Mm-hmm. And so as the man and woman chose themselves over one another, that the relationship, the result of that changed their relationship to one of selfishness and grasping. And... The same thing happens in our relationship with God. When we go to God in prayer, but our minds are um, set on others, and our minds are, our hearts are intent on causing others to suffer, or causing others, even if they did something wrong to us, but holding that resentment towards them, it restricts the, the amount to which God's mercy can penetrate our hearts. And mm-hmm. and so I think there's a relationship there, yeah. but again, trying to trying to work it all out, um, uh, you know, syntactically, it gets a little bit tricky. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think that is uh, difficult because of the order in which it's forgive us as we forgive, but I I I don't know. I feel like the way you explained it is right now the way that it's making the most sense to me that. What we're 
we're in that prayer talking to God in recognition of this fact that our forgiveness of others is what allows us to accept God's forgiveness of us. And the only thing, you know, this, the unforgivable sin being a lack of acceptance of God's mercy, and the only, if it's, that's why it's so important. Um, if, if we can't truly accept God's mercy unless we're merciful, um, then we have to forgive. Uh, have to, although, and then now I'm starting to say mercy and forgiveness are the same thing, and I don't know if that's true, but uh, maybe that's another podcast. Um, but uh, we're coming close to our our time here, and I I think um, we've covered it hopefully enough to Get you give thinking. you yeah give you something to think about. Uh, as certainly haven't solved the conundrum but you know I think when you find yourself faced with questions like this or you know it, it hopefully will be helpful to remember uh, to define your terms <laughs> always that's a, a good thing and and um, yeah I don't know hope some something that the things that we've discussed have uh, help make this a more um, uh, interesting question than um, it may at first seem. You want to close this with the Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, uh, as we sit here and think about uh, your mercy and the great joy that you experience, in showing mercy and forgiving, Lord. I think of that um, great passage from St. Ambrose talking about uh, when God made man and why he said, why did God say man was very good? Uh, And it was his response, St. Ambrose says, is God said that because he was so excited that there was now someone to whom he could show mercy. And uh, I just, I pray, Lord, that for all of our listeners and for ourselves, that we would be able to live out more um, these spiritual works of mercy, of forgiving all injuries, Lord, willingly, not begrudgingly, not um, waiting for someone else to come and grovel before us, or, but that we can, Lord, willingly, the moment that we're injured, just let go of it, that it wouldn't stick to us, it wouldn't be like tar, but uh, would just... Um, would leave us um, without stain and that you would help us to bear our uh, fault the faults of others Lord and the ways they rub us wrong that we could be more patient and long-suffering I just thank you Lord for this day and I want to pray that prayer that we've discussed a lot today mm-hmm. our Father who art in, in heaven, heaven hallowed, hallowed be thy name, name. Thy, thy kingdom, kingdom come, come thy, thy will be done, done on earth as it is in heaven, heaven. give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil amen in the name of the father son and the holy spirit amen and god bless you
God bless all of you. Thank you. Um, we'll talk to you next time. We appreciate you listening to today's podcast. Please tune in again next week, and we look forward to seeing you. May God bless you.